Welcome to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host. In case you didn't know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. This podcast will bring you stories from across Kentucky and beyond about badass women running and the people that support them. Let's get started. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me back. It's been a little bit since my last episode, but things have been really busy around the Bluegrass Bammer household in the summer. Um, And so I've been a little distracted, which is unfortunate because while I'm out there being distracted, life is happening and great podcast episodes are being made right in front of my eyes. So I brought to you today a special episode recapping my 2022 2022 hood to coast relay adventure with team knockaround and uh, i couldn't even write it down like i couldn't even put the whole experience into words so i thought it would just be easier to bring some of my teammates onto the podcast to talk about it so that's what i did so two of my teammates are coming in april and lena here in just a minute to talk with you all and talk with me about this entire social experiment with a little bit of running you know thrown into the mix Um, We couldn't have everybody on the call because it's just really hard to organize all of these people or something. I still don't know how we did it for it to coast, but um, I want to give a special shout out to all of Team Knockaround and in particular Van 2, the best van ever. Uh, Bari, Julio, Gordo, and Greg, our best van driver ever. Thank you so much. I miss you guys. I know Lena and April miss you, and I hope you're doing great, and this episode is dedicated to you guys, so uh, I hope you're well. For the rest of you, sit back, buckle up your seatbelt. You're getting in for a ride. Uh, It's a recap of a 30-hour race. Uh, So about 15 minutes into the podcast, we're going to start specifically talking about the legs that we ran during the race so we give you a little nitty gritty and a little detail of what that's like and hopefully uh share a little insight to you uh to you as well as a runner about how you can constantly recreate a running experience make it something different and add to your toolkit so don't miss that and uh, of course we wrap up with a with a few little pieces of advice and some words of wisdom so i'm really excited for this episode so let's get right into it also, I'd like to say thanks again to Team Knockaround and Vibre for supporting us on this journey. Uh, it was amazing, kind of once in a lifetime experience, and we do it all again in a heartbeat, which you'll hear more about in the podcast. So enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host, and today I'm bringing two very special guests to the table with me. Normally it's a one-on-one conversation, but every now and then I have these special podcast episodes where we have groups that come in and chit-chat, and um, these two ladies that I have on the call with me today are some of my brand new friends. Uh, We've known each other in a virtual space Uh, for a little while now, but we finally got to meet in person and do a race together. And I'm so excited to introduce you all to two of my new friends who are also Bib Brave pros, which we'll talk about in a little bit. April, Ted, and Lena Mowat. Welcome, ladies. How are you all? Good, good. How are you? I'm excited. Lena, are you excited? Oh, I'm so ready. (laughs) Good. Okay. No nerves, no nerves here. We were just talking before we got on the call um, about if we had done podcasts before radio or anything. We have one person that has and one person that hasn't. I'm not going to tell you which person is which. We're going to let you be the judge. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to have both of you on today. And I have to just, you know, pause and tell the listeners here that the race that we did and the reason why we're doing this pot, this particular episode was the 2022 Hood to Coast uh, relay in Portland started in Portland Oregon out to Seaside Oregon and for those of you who don't know it's like the mother of all relay races and I had such an experience it's really hard to put into words I will normally blog about my race experiences and I've been having trouble putting putting words on paper about this experience and so I'm really cheating by using you guys <laughs> to come on the podcast <laughs> to help me put this experience into some form of like just a way to relate so that other people can hear what that experience is like and really help people understand why we 
we did this because that's the question that I keep getting. I don't know about you guys, but why in the world would you sign up to do this? So that's why I have you all here. But before we get started, I always like um, for listeners to get to know you a little bit better. My listener base is all over the United States and in several foreign countries, but a big um, group of my listeners are here in Kentucky because a lot of the women that we focus on in the podcast, and not just women, but men and, and people that identify as, you know, not binary are that, you know, um, they're just, I thought there are all these women that are running in Kentucky and no one's telling their stories, right? And so that's kind of how the podcast started, but neither one of you are from Kentucky, which is amazing. And so I want you all to introduce yourselves to the listeners and uh, you can say where you're based out of or not, or where your home is, but I just really want you to talk about how you identify as a human being so they can know you a little bit better. It's like, what are your, how do you self-identify? So um, Lena, I'm going to let you go first if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name is Lena. I'm from Southern Indiana, currently living in the Indianapolis area. Um, so we grew up going to Kentucky a lot. Very familiar. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so I am a registered dietitian. I'm a runner, um, sister, daughter, friend, all that good stuff. Perfect. I love all those things about you. April, how about you? Yeah, so my name is April. I am based out of New York City. Um, I moved to New York City about five months ago from Orlando, Florida. So big change to the big city, but loving every second of it. So a lot of my runs are in Central Park over a lot of bridges, a lot of hills, which lended itself to hood to coast very well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, runner um, in my day job, I'm a recruiter. I hire people um, for running events, actually. So running is a big part of what I do. Awesome. Yeah. And I learned, um, I knew that Lena was a dietitian before coming into the um, podcast, but I hadn't put the, or even before Hood to Coast, I knew that she was a dietitian, but I had no idea. I didn't make that connection until we were sitting in the food hall, like on that Thursday before the race, whatever day it was, I don't remember now. Um, and you told me that you worked for that, that organization. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. So I learned so much about you all over the hood to coast time that we were together, but that was one new thing that I learned about you. So well said, April, I think you summed it up great. Um, okay. So neither one of you all said you were a Bibray pro, but I kind of already, already said that in the beginning. So no spoiler alerts there, but we all met virtually in a virtual space as Bibray Pros first and foremost. So we've been communicating mainly in like our Slack channels and then interacting with each other on social media. So we knew each other, but we didn't know each other. And I think that's important for this podcast for the listeners to know about that, okay? So I have to say that first and foremost. Um, but I learned also, as I was talking with you all, when I met you in person in Portland, when we got there, I think, Lena may have said this before, but I can't remember in the group chat that you all had not done, not only had you not done hood to coast, correct, but you had not done a really of this magnitude before, right? So yes. yeah, yeah. So all kinds of things that could go wrong already in this scenario, right? Like three of us, we really don't know each other very well. We haven't done hood, hood to coast. We're going into this kind of blind. Luckily, we had a lot of support from Team Nakaram. So for those of you that don't know, Bibray Pros were invited along with um, some Nakaround employees and uh, some, some of the Nakaround ambassadors to form this team. And for if you don't know about the Head to Coast, it's a 12-person team and two vans with two drivers. So there were 14 of us. And our van, the van that Lena and April and I were in, had some a uh, couple of knock around employees that knew each other and then uh an ambassador that had not met any of us and then we hadn't met each other so it was like this band full of strangers and i have to say when bib brave got a hold of us and said hey team knock around is doing this thing do you all want to do it i never hesitated and thought about any of this before i said yes like i hadn't even looked at flights all i knew is i didn't make sure i cleared my work schedule and as soon as I could do that, I was in and hadn't thought about any of the people, logistics, the relay itself, 
being in Portland, like any of that. And was that the same experience for you all? Or what were your, what was your thought process when you heard of this opportunity? Cause that's kind of where I'm leaving. Like, why did you decide to do this? How, what was your thought when you saw the opportunity? Um, kind of the same. I, when um, Bivrave put it out, like I had heard of Hood to Coast. I knew what Hood to Coast was. And I was like, oh, that's a really, really big running event. That would be so cool. I looked up, I actually did look up flights um, and saw how expensive they were. And that kind of made me hesitate. And then um, it also made me hesitate just because I didn't know anybody. I mean, I knew you guys through virtual space, but like to go to a brand new city, to do a brand new race with people you don't know I was like "Mm, can I really do something like that like totally outside my comfort zone um and then it took all of like 30 minutes for me to talk myself into doing it because I just was like you're never going to be able to have an opportunity like this again you better just go and do it and it's going to be fine like there are people from the internet what could go wrong um and I'm so glad that I went because it was it was absolutely worth it so yeah Lena how about you what were your thoughts when you saw the opportunity it was sort of similar to you. I <laughs> went to my boss. I was like, hey, uh, can I take off these two days? There's this really cool opportunity to run a 200-mile relay in Portland, Oregon. And she just looked at me like I was insane. And I was like, well, it sounds cool. And so she said that it was cool to take that time off. And I was in. I did not think about, like, I didn't look at flights. I did not think about how I didn't know a single person doing it. Um, yeah didn't think about having to run through the middle of the night no yeah so this is strange for me to like jump on something like this because I'm a really type a person I don't know if you all figured that out about me in the 33 days we were together or whatever yeah like so for me to just do something really spontaneous I mean I after the after I signed up with Bibrave, I went to my husband and I was like I really screwed up I had totally volunteered to like go do this race and hear the details like I hadn't even talked to him about it and we make all a lot of our decisions together and he I was like it's the weekend before your birthday and we normally like do something for your birthday and I'm so sorry like I will tell them I was stupid and you know that I did this and he's like no you this is like a like kind of like April it's a once in a lifetime thing when are you ever going to do this again? Like ever? I mean, probably not. Right. It's a really hard race to get into first of all. And then if you do get into it, you've either gotten onto a team at like the last minute that needed a runner or something, you know, it sells out in like three minutes every year. So he knew he, he kind of understood probably better than I did myself why I jumped on it. So, um, it was really kind of against everything I believe in, I think in terms of planning so and April you said that to me I remember when we met up and we were sitting down to eat you you kind of said like this is way out of my comfort zone you know yeah yeah it absolutely was I mean just the fact that it was a group of 12 strangers that I didn't know like I I'm an introvert I am a finish my run by myself sit on my couch don't talk to anybody kind of person and here I was signing up to spend more than a day in a van in like very close quarters with like people I didn't know um so yeah totally outside my comfort zone and honestly I don't know if I could talk myself into doing it again I had a fantastic time but if if Bibrave was like oh we have this other group of 12 strangers we want you to join for a relay like I I don't I don't know if I'd do it like would I go back to hood to coast with knockaround 100% absolutely but another new group of people like you guys have drained my social battery. You did it. You you got my social for the year of 22. You're welcome. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the same 12 it. people. You know, Lena, like, I, I think Lena and I talked about this. It was like, it wouldn't be the same 12 people either, probably. So yeah. I would really have reserved, like, could it go as well as it did? Yeah. Could it, it just go that well? so well. Yeah like very shockingly well everyone I feel like everyone clicked super well um just everyone was phenomenal yeah you know I don't mean it's I don't mean to point out the men that were in our van but bless their souls so there were four ladies and two gentlemen on our team and then our driver and um they were employees of knockaround or an ambassador and but the guys like 
you just don't know. I mean, you're thrown in this situation with a bunch of people. It could go sideways real fast. And by the end of the trip, like at first I thought, you know, they're kind of, they're on the payroll, like they're on the clock right now. They got to behave. I think they're just great human beings, period. Like over time, something's going to come out when you're spending that much time in close quarters. Like if someone's like really got a bad attitude or something, no one like not, they were, everybody was great. It was shocking. Yeah. I think we had a really good van of people. Like, and that's the thing about going back to do it again. Like (laughs) I, I only want to go back if it's the same van of people. I only want Greg as the driver. I only want to be van too. Like don't change anything about it. I would just like to replicate the experience again, because it was, it was just so perfect. And yeah, I think the guys were great. And the group was just really quick, like really supportive through like all of our legs and just, yeah. Like I only want to go back with those six people and Greg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've already said that. And so now we have it on recording. So we're going to make a pact, the three of us <laughs> that we won't go back <laughs> unless that all happens exactly yeah. like it did this year. Yeah. yeah. And the van situation was so nice. Like we were in this really nice knock around wrapped um, 15 passenger leather seated van with like all the comforts, all the food, knock around supplied all of the food, sunglasses. I mean, we're selling sunglasses out the windows and we're having the best time. And some of these people, I mean, I don't think I could go back and do it out of a minivan. Could you, do you think you would? After that experience, I don't think so. It was so nice. Um, Sleeping on the van seats was next level in comparison to if we were in a like seven passenger van (laughs) yep or a really cold tent on top of a van yes (laughs) and I'm not a big camper I do I love the outdoors we don't camp a lot but out of my family I would be the one to want to go camping first and I mean really if you if you do like that kind of stuff this is the perfect race because you're getting to see so much of Oregon in such a very short amount of time, I feel like, unless it's nighttime, but you still get to see things, you know, and um, you get to be outdoors and you can sleep outside, just pop your tent or get your sleeping bag, whatever. And so I can totally see the appeal for so many people and why they do go back. So there's this camaraderie once you find this group of people that you bond with, and then there's this, the whole setting. I do know that it's been bad weather some years, we had perfect weather, like there was no ton of rain or anything like that. But, you know, I kind of want to talk about our legs, though, because I feel like that's important. If we're going to talk about head to coast, we should talk about our legs and what we experienced while we were out running. So I was runner. So April, you ran before me and I was runner nine. So you were eight. Mm-hmm. And then Lena, you were 11. Correct? 11. Yeah. Okay. So for those that understand hood to coast, you understand what we're talking about already, but there's 12 runners in an order. We literally did not even like the first fan had to leave at dark o thirty to get to the top of Mount hood. And we were all still asleep. We waited hours and hours to get started. So by the time our van started with runner six or runner seven, we were like all amped up, right? Like we had been waiting all day to run. So I'm pretty sure everybody's first leg, we just blew it. Like we just blew it out of the water because we were so jacked up. And I remember thinking that like my husband even sent me a text and he was like, don't blow up the first two miles of your leg because you're, because you're really excited. And I didn't, um, I did heed the warning, but I really felt like I could have ran so much longer that first leg than what I did. Um, because my first leg is like, not even like right at five miles. So I don't know about you all, but the first leg was gorgeous. I mean, we had great weather. The sun was out. My, my route was great. What about you all? My first leg was very sunny and very hilly. And, um, I had it in my mind going in, um, the hood to coast organizers, when they rated this leg, they rated it as easy. Um, so I had it in my mind that it was just going to be the scenic six miles. Um, and it was going to be easy. Um, and I think that was probably my downfall because easy to somebody who lives in Portland, Oregon, who runs Mount Hood every single day is a little different from me who runs like, yes, I run hills in New York, but I mean, it's nothing compared to Oregon and Portland hills. Um, mm-hmm. 
and the, the sun certainly didn't help. I forgot to put sunscreen on before that leg and that also didn't help. Um, but I remember getting to the end of that leg. And while, yes, I could have kept going on. I just remember thinking if that was easy, my next two, like I'm screwed. Like I, I cannot believe how hilly that was. Um, it was very scenic though. It was very, very pretty. That was the first like taste of real like Oregon scenery that I had. And so it was very pretty, but it was very hard in the sun. Yeah. I don't know how I got lucky, but I was, I was after you. So every time I was like, Oh, I'm glad I don't have April's leg. My, (laughs) when I, when you handed off to me, I, it was like, the sun was so high in the sky. The sun was, but the sun was still out. I could see everything. And I had like a flat park paved bike route that I ran through this park and it smelled so good. It just smelled like evergreen trees and it was great. I mean, you couldn't see a ton because the trees were right up against the paths and they're so tall, but every now and then you would catch a glimpse of like something out on the horizon when the trees broke and there was water and it was really nice. Um, it was, it was warmer than what I had thought, but first, my first leg was pretty, pretty okay. It was flatter than the other ones that I ran for sure. But, and then I passed off um to the to the runner after me and then Lena you went and were you on the path too were you on a bike path for that leg? I was definitely on a path yeah um Lena's first leg was just perfect with um the weather and the sunset and then the motorcycle came (laughs) the motorcycle guy you know Lena didn't see Uh, once again (laughs) so glad I did not see that (laughs) I would have been running like seven minute miles So we're waiting for Lena, like to, for her leg to start or we're waiting for your leg to start. Right. And I, no, I think we were waiting for her we to already come off. in. Okay. We were waiting for yeah. her to come in and all of a sudden we hear this motorcycle, but it's not coming from the direction of the car traffic. And there it's like right in front of us all of a sudden on this bicycle path, a huge guy on a huge Harley Davidson motorcycle going well over the 40 miles an hour and as he passes us with his beard and everything flying he has a huge machete on his back and he guns it across the traffic lanes and like onto the path and he had to have sped up at that point he must have been doing like I was just hoping everyone heard him coming and like stayed to the right because I thought if anybody bobs when they should weave they're going to get hit by this motorcycle so Lena I'm really glad you didn't see that (laughs) yes I am so happy that I did not see that um, but yeah, no, my entire, um, my entire first leg was just so flat. Um, and by the time I was running, I don't even know what time it was, but it was so late in the day. I was so ready to go. I could feel like the anxiety in my legs. So I was just like speeding through my entire leg. Mm-hmm. So I ran far faster than I should have. Um, not a smart way to start it, but it was really nice. And it ended a half mile earlier than it should have. I thought it was supposed to be five and it was four and a half. Um, so I got to like three quarters of a mile away and I see the knockaround van and I was like, they did not walk like three quarters of a mile to the finish. Like there's no way. So I kept running and then like a quarter mile later it's the finish. And I was like, wait, no, I'm not ready to be done yet. Yeah. <laughs> your adrenaline was definitely still pumping at that point and like, your what was your leg rated um I think it was easy okay so mine yeah. was I think mine was moderate and I couldn't figure it out and so April and I have, had been talking about it and it had to have been the weather had to be part of that rating because if it had been a really hot day it wasn't that shaded so it probably would have been a lot like warmer at that time of the day for me which would have made a difference but it wasn't that hot. So I was trying to figure out how it got rated moderate because I thought it was relatively easy. Um, and then our second leg came around and they rated that one, right? <laughs> yeah, they sure did. <laughs> so legs, so our second legs, you know, we had all of our runners finished and we had a little, um, a little bit of downtime and then we get to start our second legs and we're all really excited, but they're in the dark for most of us. I think all of us. Um, so April had the, her long run, her longest leg in the second group. And also I'm pretty sure it was all like uphill. Yes, it was, 
yeah, uphill on gravel. So it was rated at a very hard um, by the Hood to Post organizers. I would argue that it's the hardest leg in the entire race. There's, there's only one other leg that as I was looking through the guide um, that a Van 1 runner runs that has anywhere close to the eleva elevation gain that I had over that entire leg. Um, so it's definitely one of the two hardest legs in the entire race. Um, it's a two mile uphill climb. Um, the gravel starts maybe three quarters of a mile in. So it really is like all gravel. I didn't have cement for like super long. Um, so you go up for two miles and then it's relatively downhill for a mile, which is really the only saving grace of that leg because I, just remember thinking like getting to the top of that hill and seeing that it was downhill. I just flew through that mile because my legs were so happy to be going downhill. And then I knew another uphill was coming. So I was like trying to hold back. So I was like, you still have to go uphill again. Um, but you just fly through that third mile and then it's two more miles of uphill to get to the exchange again. And it was the middle of the night. I started maybe 1am on that leg. And so you can't see past your headlamp, you're in all of your, you know, night gear. And I, I knew what I was going into because I had studied that elevation map and had looked at it so that I could like try and mentally prepare myself for it. But mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, it's one of the hardest runs I've ever done with mm -hmm. the elevation. It was almost a thousand feet total elevation gain. Um, throughout the entire leg and when I came into that exchange like I could not have been happier to pass off that band and to if find you could have found us yeah <laughs> yeah if, you if, found if us. I if I could have like I and I did have a moment of panic when I came in because I thought you were going to be waiting right there like we had been the entire race like we were a very prepared team and just waiting and when I like came into the exchange I was like looking around looking around and you weren't there and you weren't there. And I was like, what the heck? Where? They have to be here. There's no way they're not here. Greg oh, is a we good were driver. totally yeah. They're we, here. They're here. Oh, we were there. We <laughs> were totally vibing with yeah. you. So while you were panicked, we were also panicked because we had just had a moment at the exchange before you came in where we thought we had lost our van driver for the night. And also this woman is coming up to us while we're wait, like trying to visualize you coming in because everyone has on like Knox gear. You all were looking the same, like coming up. You're, we can't even see your stride at this point. It's so dark. And so we have no idea if it's you till you get right there. And we've been there waiting, right? Because we're on time. We're a good team. Like we're there. We, we're waiting yeah. for you. And this woman just keeps asking me like where, which way to go when she gets her exchange. And I'm like, can you not see all the people running this way? they they give you the baton you run see all these people in front of us doing this Lena I don't know how many times I was trying to explain but I'm like you just run that way and it's straight you don't make any turns there's one road that goes off to the left but it's marked off like you they won't let you go that way so you're you're running straight I said that like three times and then all we hear is like 12 9 or whatever our bid number was and knock around knock around and I'm like it's me I'm over here and you're probably like I hate you both and Lena's like don't leave me here we've lost the van and you know, and so I take off and I'm just hoping that the van is still there somewhere because I've just left you two by yourself in the middle of the night with no driver, potentially. And our plan was if Lena couldn't find the van, you and her were just going to hitch a ride with whatever van was going down the mountain to get to the next exchange, which sounds a little dangerous, but also safe because everybody's racing. So, you know, they're not true strangers or whatever, but it could have been dangerous, could have not been safe. Fine. So I, I left and what I didn't tell you guys is I don't know if it's a combination of sleep deprivation, hunger, which I don't think it was hunger. I've been eating pretty well, but sleep deprivation, hunger, delirium, panic that had set into, okay, we found April to, I started crying like within the first quarter of a mile as I was running because all of that, then I was worried about you all. And then I was like, I can't see 12 inches in front of me because the cars were passing me to go to the next exchange, which April, I know that was your experience. And the dust that was kicked up from that, it was like a snow globe. I felt that's what it felt like. And I was, had something up over my mouth. So I wasn't breathing all that in. So I cried for like a quarter of a mile. And then I was just like, shake it off, shake it off. You know, and like had to give myself a pep talk. 
And then I ran downhill for five miles and thought I was never going to get to the bottom. It was very uneven. So I was, my gate was off because I couldn't get over into the road. There were so many cars. If I would move into the middle of the road, they would come again. And so I would have to move off to the left. So, you know, that's like, that's uneven terrain where your left leg is up higher than your right leg. And it was all loose gravel. And all I could think of is if my foot goes, you know, the wrong way, one way, I could like go down the side of this mountain, you know, and that's not going to be cool because no one's going to see me like, no, or if something jumps out, like a mountain lion comes out right now, (laughs) I'm not going to be able to see it and I'm going to die. So I did get down the hill. I was so happy to see you guys, not only because I was glad to be done, but because you all had found the van clearly (laughs) and had gotten in and gotten to the next exchange. (laughs) We did. We did. (laughs) We did indeed find the van. One of one of my favorite stories from this whole weekend is actually finishing that leg. One, not being able to find you, um, and having a temporary moment of panic to the point where like everybody around was like, "What's your bid number? What's your bid number?" And so I gave the bid number, and then like five seconds later, I was like, "Wait, just shout for knock around. Like that's gonna get them better than the bib would." Um, But in a panic, I couldn't remember what team I was with. I couldn't remember the name knock around. for like a blip of a second um and like then look, look down and read your shirt you know yeah like. right and then finding you guys and sending you off and then lena looking at me and saying i hate to be the bearer of bad news and like in my mind immediately i was like greg died somebody's injured somebody's gonna have to run twice <laughs> i'm gonna have to run that leg again like i i don't know like she was so serious about it and I, and like all it was that we just had to walk to the van and I was like, okay. And I didn't know all of what you guys had gone through to find a parking spot for that van when she said that. And like, after that was explained to me, it made a little bit more sense, but she was just so dead serious. Like we have to walk to the van. And then the van ended up being like 200 feet away and it was fine. And Greg didn't understand why we were so excited to see the van at that point. Like he had done his job well and found a good parking spot and stood his ground. But you guys didn't know that at that time. And just no, like ma'am. that exchange is like seared into my memory. I will never forget it. I'll probably tell that story forever and ever and ever. It's like my favorite part of the week. Okay. So just for the record, that was exchange 21. Is that yeah. exchange 21? I will never yeah. forget that. I will never yep. forget that of all yeah. the things. Yeah. No, the best feeling was, first of all, I felt so bad. I was like, April, I'm so sorry. I know you just ran like the worst thing like ever because we were going up that mountain and we were just like, oh, April, like, oh, April. (laughs) The whole time we were waiting for you and driving up there, we were like, oh, April, oh, no, April. the, The best feeling was walking literally around the corner and the van was right there. I could have cried because I really thought we were going to be walking for like, 30 minutes trying to find this van and no Greg did an amazing job it was right there shout out to Greg because he said afterwards he would never leave us and I believe him I think he would have got out and fought anyone that tried to make him keep going like away from the exchange but the when we had talked now shout out every volunteer at this race was like I didn't have any negative experience with any volunteer Mm -hmm. this thing runs like clockwork with volunteer they don't pay these people they have to come work this thing as part of being a local team like it runs so smoothly whether it does in the background or not I don't know but they don't let you know and but they are hard asses like they have some rules you're gonna follow them and so the 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 volunteer that Lena and I had just talked to was like oh no if he leaves this circle he can't come back like he can't park down there he has to keep going and I was like I know I just saw that van leave and Lena's like no he didn't no he didn't (laughs) Like, I swear, there's, like, some other part of this forest. <laughs> I don't know if he's over there. I know. She kept talking about a parking lot in the forest, which I didn't see. And I was no like, idea. are we all hallucinating? Did Were there shrooms in the pretzel <laughs> thing that we had in the van? Did I pick up the wrong thing? I didn't know what was going on. So, so anyway, Lena, tell us about your second leg. Once everyone was safe and sound, <laughs> you were ready to go. Tell us about your second leg. So... preface as we were in that like forest in the van I was having this very intense stomach pain (laughs) which it happens every time yes so it was just I felt so bad I was like oh my gosh 
I have to get out and run four miles like in two hours or whatever. Um, so I was very stressed about that. Um, it got better. So that was not, that was not the bad part of it. <laughs> um, but I don't, run, <laughs> I don't run in the dark because it freaks me out. Um, so, and also it was really cold and I'm like not a big cold person. Um, so yeah, I'm like waiting by the exchange um, for the runner before me to come in. And I don't think you guys know this actually, but there was some runner, he, he came in and he was waiting for his person. And seriously, he had to leave and go look for the next person. And we don't know what happened to him. I really, really hope he found his people. Um, I never saw him come back or like, I don't know. So I felt really bad for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt awful. But the person before me came in, um, I went, I stopped about a quarter mile in because my knee started hurting. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Here we go. Um, yeah, so I stopped to like try to pop my knee, like stretch a little bit. I don't know. And then I was like, well, I have no way of contacting anybody. Uh, there's no cell service. It is 4.30 in the morning. Um, I've just got to go. So I pretty much sprinted my which probably was not a smart idea, but I pretty much just sprinted my four miles um, just because like it was dark. There was nobody around me um, for most of it. Mm -hmm. And I was just wanting to stop with the knee pain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, some of the um, elite runners were catching up at that point. They had so passed me on I, the leg before you. Yeah. Yes. So I was going probably... I think like an eight minute mile at one point, which I was like, okay, th I'm, this is solid. I'm okay with this. Mm -hmm. And then somebody flies past me, had to have been going like six minute mile. I was like, this is insane. They were gone within like, I don't know, like two minutes. I, and it was like a straight line. Um, yep. Yeah. And they had their lights on and everything. And I couldn't see their lights after about two minutes. Yep. I was like, wow. Oh, you guys. So dark. <laughs> so dark. It was well, it's so dark yeah, up there too. Even with the lights, it was that's pretty humiliating. Not humiliating. Um, what's the word? I can't think of the word. I had it just from but like you think you're just really doing a bang up job and then the elite runners fly by you. Yeah, like, oh, and man. a couple of them did say great job, you know, and I'm thinking, right, great job to you, dude. Um I only yeah. had one, I only saw one female. I think they had Adidas. I think it was Adidas, maybe their group but I saw one female but the rest were guys and they come up on you so fast and they sound like a pack of runner uh, animals not runners you know it's kind of scary but they're gone after that right away yeah and it was just so it was just the one girl and I think maybe an elite guy had passed me earlier but at this point it was I was by myself it was the one girl um I didn't even hear her come up <laughs> I no. could kind of see the light behind me oh uh, that's spooky and she was not like breathing heavy or anything. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> because oh. if you'd heard me, I was probably just like panting. Like, <laughs> right. I'm like right. a wreck. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to remember when you came into that leg. It was still dark when you came in. Yes. yes. Yeah. So uh, we all definitely ran in the very, in the dark. Yeah. And I gave a very specific time estimate. I was like, I know I'm going to be here within like 36 to 42 minutes. <laughs> be ready. You did. Um, you, were, you nailed it. And, and it was right in the middle. Yeah, um, you did it. Yes. <laughs> so for the people listening that haven't done Hood to Coast, there's a solid 13 hours of no cell phone service. Um, and it's fine until you get in a situation where you think, what if I needed something? And it does create a little bit of panic for people that run trails or like they're out um, on places where there's not self-service. I know people, there are some people that are used to that. There's no place that I run in Kentucky where I really lose service for that long of a time, but I don't go to, I don't go deep into like Red River Gorge or anything, but it's kind of, we're pretty um, reliant on our cell phone technology. So um, we did have sat phones in our van, which is a sad, funny story, but they don't work very well. We finally did get a call out 
after the sun had broke and it was for our van driver to help get some technical difficulties with the van fixed. But um, yeah, there's not a lot of cell phone service out there. So you try not to think about the worst case scenario because there's not any, like when we were at that exchange 21, April, we were waiting for you. We couldn't even call Greg to see like, where was he, you know, in the middle of the night. So it was a little panicky. I'm going to blame it on the lack of sleep. Yeah. I, and during my leg too, as I was scaling this mountain, um, I had the same thought that Lena had. I was like, well, you don't have any cell service. Um, nobody's coming to get you. You just have to keep moving forward. You have to make it to the next exchange. That's the only way that you're going to like keep going, uh, that your team is going to like know that you're okay. And then it got to a point where I kind of thought I was going to be over my like estimated time, um, which we now know I wasn't, but I thought I was going to be like maybe five or 10 minutes over. And again, I thought I was like, well, there's nothing you can do to tell them that like my Mm -hmm. phone was on airplane mode at that point, because there was no point in wasting the battery looking for service because I knew I wouldn't have it. So I was like, you just have to keep going the best that you can. And eventually the exchange will come up and you'll be reunited with your team. Like there was just nothing you could do. And there wasn't really any point on that leg where I felt like something was going to happen. Like it it felt relatively safe. I mean, the, the most, I think worst thing that could have happened was like a rogue van, which is pretty serious. Don't get me wrong, but like, um, like it it felt relatively safe for what it was. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. like, I think it definitely could have been worse, but, um, I guess that's, that's the mountains for you yeah yeah I've definitely been in sketchier situations at races like I feel like it was really well supported for what we were dealing with in terms of the landscape and stuff I mean you there were always cars around the legs that I are people so that's the great part about that race I guess is it's really crowded so um yeah you know you don't have to worry too much you're right like I said I think I was just tired and couldn't see anything and so my mind was great mental training though like if you're we had a team member on our team that was thinking about doing like they've done one 13.1 distance and they were thinking about maybe doing a marathon and he was asking me about it and I was like if you can do 13.1 miles by yourself in a virtual race and you can come and do this which is longer than you're running more than 13.1 miles and you have to sit in between legs you have to feel properly you have to sleep or not sleep if you can do this, you can train and run a marathon, like hands down. This is a mental, this is a social experiment with some running, like thrown in to, to the mix. So, um, it definitely, it definitely calls for you to pull out like some different tools out of your toolkit or build your toolkit. If you didn't have those things before you're learning as you go for the next thing. So I definitely, um, learned a few more things about myself for sure. Um, and I'm sure everybody else did too, but yeah, I've, I felt like it was a great race overall, just how it was put together. And I'm still kind of shocked at how smoothly it all ran. So yeah, good point. All right. Leg three, which I'm not going to say yet, but we'll talk about which our favorite leg is after we describe your third leg. So April, tell us about your third leg. Um, My third leg was by far the best one that I had. I ran it at my fastest pace. Um, leg three was great because after running rolling Hills in the first leg and straight uphill on the second, I started with a mile downhill. The whole mile was downhill. Um, the exchange, you went back the same way that the runners were coming in. So you saw people on the last Mm. leg still coming up for the first mile. And I really liked that. Everybody I passed, I was like, good job. You got this. You're almost there. Mm -hmm. Eventually I stopped saying you're almost there because they really weren't like, they were like more than a mile at that point. But the people I passed like right away who were less than half a mile, I was like, you got this. You're almost there. You're right at the top of the hill. Um, at one point I was passing this lady and I was like, Oh, you know, you're almost there. And she was like, why are you coming back this way? And I was like, it's the exchange. Like it's, I'm the next runner. And she was like, Oh, okay. Um, which I guess if you don't know, like, I remember when we were driving up to meet, um, Bari to do the exchange, we saw runners coming the other way and we were like, what are these people doing? Like, this can't be right. And then we figured out like, no, you just, 
that's how the exchange goes. Um, so completely downhill first mile and then just like slight rolling hills um, for the rest. And it was my shortest leg. Um, it came in at five, four, 4.8, I think, 4.8 or five miles. Um, and at the end of it, I thought the exchange was on this big downhill. There was kind of this bend in this downhill and I could hear everybody cheering. I could hear people coming into the exchange and I was like, oh, it's right there. So I sped up and made the bend and then there was nobody there. And turns out I still had to go uphill a little bit. So that was kind of disappointing, um, but only appropriate to end my last leg on an uphill, you know, and send Stephanie off on another uphill. I think Stephanie's last leg was her hilliest um, from what I remember her, her saying, but um, yeah, I really liked like three. I really, really liked that downhill. Like that was just perfection you deserve that downhill you deserved <laughs> yes. it oh my gosh, big time. <laughs> yes absolutely you deserved it yeah <laughs> so you're right my second my third leg was I likened it to a very scenic nausea so it was like rolling hills it started up a hill and then rolling hills throughout it got really flat towards the end probably like the last because you're going through all these hills it was scenic it was beautiful there was mountainscape here water here it kind of snaked back and forth against that just a two-lane country road basically the whole time which I'm familiar with and run here so that wasn't bad but it was like when you're nauseous and you're like up down up down that's kind of what it reminded me of and I was just like if I have to go I finally set my I did set my watch to intervals like on mile three because this was my longest leg I was seven and I was like I am just gonna do two minute run 30 minute walk at this point I was tired and I still was trying to come in on time but I think I told you all like I'm gonna go this is probably gonna be my slowest leg and I'm going to take it easy um, because my legs are telling me that I need to do that so but I've stopped and I took pictures because it really was the most scenic route so it was beautiful and it was nauseous type thing all at one thing um, I was glad to finally hit the straightaway because you came off of that and into this town where the school was and I just remember telling you all look there's going to be food at this exchange I would love it if there's a cheeseburger there when I get back and sure as crap, I get in that van and there's a cheeseburger sitting in my seat. And I was like, these are the best people in the whole world. I never want to leave. And it was the best cheeseburger. It was the best like ballpark cheeseburger I've ever had in my whole life. So thank you guys for that. I appreciate it. That was, that was the best reaction to a burger I've ever seen. It doesn't take much to make me happy. If you haven't figured that out, I know. I also knew there was. No, go ahead. I also knew there was going to be food at that exchange because on my leg before, before yours, there were signs like every mile that was like exchange 33, like burgers, hot dogs, like food. And so that helped me get through my leg. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to hand it off to Stephanie. We're going to drive to this exchange and there's gonna be food. There's gonna be real food again. So yeah. I was also very Did you much have looking forward food? to that burger. Did you have any food like exchanges Were any of your exchanges? Did you have real food? Um, not when I was ending. No, no I no. always had to wait for to wait like for the next exchange. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it worked out, you know, okay, because we had the, the like big major exchange at 30, where I waited 45 uh, minutes for coffee. Um, yeah, and we had we had breakfast sandwiches there. We got lucky there. And then I only had to wait the one drive to get to the burger after my Man. last one. So that that worked out too but okay note yeah. to listeners if you're runner eight you're not gonna have any hot food you're not, you're you're not getting food sorry <laughs> you're gonna wait <laughs> you're gonna have to have a snack you're gonna have to have some peanut butter crackers until you yep. get to the next yep next leg <laughs> well I'm sorry that that happened to you I had hot food I think twice <laughs> maybe they did that on purpose they're like this girl likes to eat we're gonna put her as runner nine if you yeah. like to eat runner nine that's the that's where you want to be at that's the vibe take a note yeah. <laughs> all right Lena tell us about your third leg um so third leg was simultaneously my favorite and least favorite Ooh. <laughs> um it was gorgeous the views were incredible I saw horses I heard a rooster um I think there were cows maybe like all kinds oh, of oh it's like home it's just like in <laughs> exactly I was like I recognize this <laughs> Um, there was also a ton of gravel. 
Um, so that was very strenuous on the quads. Um, and then my knee hurt the whole time. So yeah. <laughs> that was not great. Um, I did, I did feel like I got pretty negative there towards the end. So very sorry about my, my <laughs> negative disposition at the end of my leg. Mm -mm. Um, no, I was very frustrated just because like my knee hurt so bad. Um, but it was like, again, like, okay, I've got to finish this seven miles. Like, no, I can't contact anybody to come. Like, I don't even know if anybody like could come get me, but I was like, yeah, there's no way. So keep going Greg might Greg might have found it found a way to come and get you I don't know he's a pretty good man yeah. yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't mark it out completely as an option yeah but, you know but then like somebody would have to finish that leg and I would have felt so bad so yeah. that wasn't gonna happen um, oh man yeah but it was gorgeous a lot of people so I stopped to walk um several times throughout that leg because I was just like I mean I'm gonna keep moving mm -hmm. um and just like keep going but yeah, a lot of people were walking. One guy was on like, I don't know if he was on a Zoom call. He was on the phone with somebody. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but he was definitely having the full conversation as he was running slash walking, which I loved. Um, but yeah, I got to see all like the mountains. All the views were gorgeous. Um, at one point, this is very random, but somebody was like on the course just kind of watching. I think they lived out there. And there were very few houses out there. So it was like, one home um and he was like he just looked at me he was like be safe and I was like oh <laughs> okay thanks. thanks yeah I was like oh thank you and like that's all I said and then he's seen some things he's head. seen some things out there yeah so he's telling a an already paranoid human being um to be safe <laughs> I was a like, female oh and a female out by herself yes. <laughs> yeah so just be safe in in the like backwoods um and then some people on ATVs came by and I was like oh my god is this what I need to like be safe about um and everything was obviously fine like nothing happened but the entire time I was just like okay be safe be safe you gotta watch those ATV crossings yeah yeah um but yeah towards the end it got like too just like road not gravel um and it was obviously getting closer to the exchange and I was like okay we're picking it up so I just like ran I was like we're running through the pain like let's go <laughs> I'm gonna finish this um and then finally got to the exchange and I was like okay I'm done like last leg is over yay that was so fun but also time to ice <laughs> time to sit down <laughs> I, I knew I could tell you were in not comfortable but yeah. I don't think you were negative. Like, I don't think you were negative of oh, well, at all. I felt yeah. really bad. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so negative right now. My favorite part of the end of Lena's last leg is her coming in, missing the exchange, oh. missing Gordo's arm to give like the, the band off. So like, it was like a little bit of a fumble and she comes up and she just has this huge smile on her face. I'm thinking, great. It went great. And I said, Lena, how, how was it? And she goes, bad. It was bad <laughs> like she's like I'm in so much pain like it, and it wasn't that you were like being negative I just thought it was so yeah. funny because you had a huge oh, smile on good. your face and you're like it was bad <laughs> and I just like couldn't help but laugh at that um and you were like high-fiving everybody and everyone's like oh how was it how was it and you're like high five it was just not high. good high five it was bad <laughs> like uh it was just I mean, so I wasn't funny because you were like so positive about the fact that it was bad and then you were just like fine and then we got back to the van and we didn't have ice so we had to you know improvise for you but yeah it was it was great <laughs> I, I think that's yep. a I think I put a slightly chilled LaCroix on LaCroix. Yeah. Pro tip, yeah. pro tip. Yep. If you don't have it ice, get the LaCroix out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, it worked. Um, I mean, yeah, just gotta, but... we learned how to improvise. We learned lots of things. I mean, you just made also, do with what you have. I don't know who got the picture of that exchange, but that is like the best picture. Oh, yeah. I have <laughs> that picture exchange. on my phone. That was yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a phenomenal picture. Oh. I need to go Good back times. through and look at about all the photos again because I know some like ended up downloading after like after I got home I need to go back and look at them again but I just could not stop smiling and thinking about like all the stuff that happened the whole entire race and like the people and the experience and everything like I said I mean 
I would definitely, so Lena already said her least and least favorite and most favorite leg was her third. My favorite leg was weirdly the third leg, even though it was the most, to me, the most difficult in terms of like the up and down. But I think that's just because I was tired, but it was beautiful. And it was, it was what I imagined going to Oregon and running in Oregon. Like that's kind of what I imagined it to look like. So it fit that whole, okay, I've like checking this box off or whatever my least favorite leg was that night leg. It might've been totally different. It had been in the day, but I don't know. I, don't, I didn't like the gravel. So April, what about you? Favorite and least favorite? Yeah. I mean, my favorite was I'm, definitely my third. I know which one's um, your least favorite. Yeah. Like this is <laughs> like, I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. Um, right. Right. My, my favorite was the third, that big downhill. And my third leg was very scenic, um, despite it having some rolling hills after that big downhill, but very, very scenic. And same, it was like what I kind of pictured the race to be. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, least favorite has got to be that night leg. Um, and I remember thinking, actually, I was glad that it was at night because if I had, if anybody had to run up that hill in the blazing sun, it just wouldn't be possible. Ooh. Like, there's no way. Like, it had, yeah. it would be 10 times as hard as it was to do it in the dark, um, to do it in the full sun. So, but, Mm-hmm. yeah but I do I am glad that I did it I'm glad that I ended up being that runner because now when I'm out running if I'm running a hill if I'm running a bridge like I just think to myself like remember that hill you ran in Portland remember you it was mm-hmm. the middle of the night remember that like you did that you can do this so it's kind of a point of like pulling on mental strength for me it definitely helped to build you know the mental strength as hard as it was in the moment like it, it was good for me so yeah I'm really proud of you because I know you were already, you know, like this is out of my comfort zone. And then to do, to be that runner and have those legs and everything, I think you yeah. did amazing. So yeah. could, hats off to you for that. And yeah. you obviously learned a few agree. things, you know, you can put in your yep. toolbox and take with you to your next races and your next adventures. And um, I don't know, Lena, what do you think about this race? Like, what, did you learn anything about yourself or through the process or um, just overall? Yeah learned a few things um first of all don't be sick the week before and t- and not run <laughs> well you didn't plan that <laughs> not like you planned that no i i, I should have run <laughs> so i do have regrets um but yeah no definitely learned a lot um oh my gosh first of all that going on this trip with a bunch of strangers is a great time <laughs> <laughs> like only only good things to say about that um but yeah that like I can put myself in uncomfortable situations and thrive like it was so much fun it was one of the best weekends mm-hmm. um yeah yeah no I think that's great I mean I would say I've done night races and I've done relays but this was like a culmination of lots of really weird running situations all mm-hmm. thrown into one and um, I would challenge other people to try at least once if they can't do hood to coast, like try another relay experience. Um, it's great if you know all the people and you know everyone's going to get along, but even then it does, it's not always perfect. Um, so if you can jump in with strangers, even I say do it once, like just be prepared and like <laughs> don't have this like pie in the sky expectations about what the experience is going to be, just kind of roll with it. And I think that's what we all did. Like we were supportive of one another, but we all kind of rolled with it. And they put all of us in the van that had never done this race before, including the driver. And clearly we like problem solved and did what we needed to do. So I think we were all really good at that. And our teammates were really good at that, I think. But any other yeah. final takeaways about Hood to Coast or the team that you want to kind of to put the exclamation on the whole event? Other than I love you guys and I want us to all do races again together at some point. Um, 100% agree with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, knockground is phenomenal. Um, everybody who puts on Hood to Coast, incredible job. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know anything that could be improved upon even. Um, it was just incredible all around. And then, very random, learned what Honey Bucket was. Honey Bucket is phenomenal. <laughs> Shout out to the honey bucket. I will. Shout out to the honey bucket. bucket. 
So for those of you who don't know what Honey Bucket is, I won't make you Google it. it they were one of the sponsors of the race, and they're actually uh, responsible <clears throat> for all the porta johns or the porta potties, whatever you call it. Everybody calls it. They're they're honey buckets in Oregon. Um, and so I do challenge you to th look them up though, because even their website is just very unique and creative. They have uh, it, like social media contests where you can win a honey bucket. They have fancy honey buckets, like they look like homes on the inside. They have just your regular old run of the mill that you see at all the races kind of honey buckets. I mean, it's quite the variety they provide so um check them out because they were like the trucks would come in to clean the honey buckets and everyone would start cheering and the drivers would yell and honk and like cheer the runners and like shout out to them because that could be a really no pun intended shitty job and they did a I mean I never had an issue we ran out of toilet paper I think at one place but these are hard yeah. to reach areas and these trucks are huge that come in to clean. And so we all just do to have toilet paper with us. Like our van had toilet paper and other people did. So we were all prepared, but still they did a, I mean, they did a great job. So thank you, yeah. Lena. I almost forgot about I the was, honey bucket. Yeah. I will yeah. never forget about honey bucket. After you said you saw a honey bucket hat, I, I literally looked on their website. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait, it gets better. So on my flight, I did, I did text you guys that I had, I saw a guy with a honey bucket hat and it was just like a regular ball cap. Um, and then as I was walking like off the plane, after we had landed, I looked up and this guy, I'm pretty sure it was a different guy. It was a honey bucket shirt. And I was like, wait, what the heck? So honey bucket hat, honey bucket shirt on my flight home. And that was just like, very appropriate and in that moment I was kind of sad we didn't take a selfie with a honey bucket mm -hmm. I'm still kind of sad we didn't take a selfie with a honey bucket like honestly we should have done a van selfie um not because I want to win a honey bucket let me be clear I'm absolutely taking the thousand dollars in that contest if I win but like I don't know I just wish we had a selfie with a honey bucket so so many if anybody is listening and you're gonna go do hood to coast you have to take a selfie with a porta potty like sorry that's the rules I didn't make it. It's just the rules. <laughs> yep. We got to play by the rules when you go. Yeah. So yeah. we were newbies. We didn't know. Now we know yeah. for next now I know. time. We definitely would do it. So yeah. <sighs> All right, ladies. Well, it's been awesome reminiscing with you. And I feel like it would be even better if all uh, all seven of us were like on the call, our whole van together. But of course we can't get everybody together in, in a short time. But I just love recapping this and thinking about all the good times and before I go though I have one more question for both of you and it's typically how I end all the podcasts and um so I have to ask you guys right even though you know you may not know what the question is so um the name of the podcast is bluegrass bammer and bammer stands uh, some people don't know but bammer stands for badass mother runner it's a term of endearment that we uh, throw at each other in our running group here locally and then in our larger running, our national running group. You do not have to be a mother to be a bammer. Um, some people get caught up on that, but it's just that that acronym works better than the other acronyms we've come up with. So bammer works. But I always like to ask everybody, um, when you hear that term or when someone is called a bammer or you call someone a bammer, what does that mean? Like, what does that typify in terms of a person and a runner? Do you have thoughts about that? Is it a new term to you or have you heard that term before? Um, I'm pretty active on like Instagram and in the running community on Instagram and just on social media. And I think it's used pretty frequently on social media um, and it's used very positively on social media. So I only associate it with positive things. Um, mm -hmm. I have plenty of friends who are mothers who are runners and I have nothing but respect for them because couldn't be me. Um, I have no desire to have kids of my own. And I just have so much respect for people who do, who have kids and make time for their own goals like running. And so the overall answer to your question, what does that term mean? To me, it means strength and positivity. And I see nothing but that on my little corner of the internet. Mm. What about yeah. you, Anna? And kind of similar. Um, so I always think of just like a strong, independent woman who kicks ass in basically all aspects of life honestly just like very positive um just strong women overall yeah you're both right I mean 
but, but one of the reasons why I ask you all to be on the podcast um, is because I both put you in those categories at this point. And like, it's a term of, of endearment. It's what I would say to you all in terms of being so positive And I mean, just supporting each other and supporting, uh, really being confident in your ability to come out and approach like a really challenging situation in the way that you did. And you both killed like all of your legs. I mean, you just smashed it and you lifted everybody up even like when lena was hurting or when april came off of that really horrible uphill leg that she had <laughs> you know you all still like you weren't focused so much on yourself it was more about the next person going out you know and so i just really think you all are a part of this bammer group that i i love to be a part of so i appreciate both of you so much and i love that you could both come on tonight and chat chit chat and we should do this more often not for the podcast but just to chit chat and catch up on life so yes we should be 100 good okay well let's make it a date let's try to make it like a standing date on the calendar so we yeah. don't let it go by and it doesn't even have to be as frequent as we think it would need to be but um you know i've done some other uh events with other bib brave pros and some of them are retired bib brave pros and we still meet up for races we still talk to each other and so um, it's just a great community and I'm just happy to be a part of it with you all. And thank you so much for coming on the show. You're both amazing. Thanks, Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe to the podcast so you can catch the next episode when it's live. Also, you can find me um, on my blog. That is Bluegrass Bammer dot wordpress.com or you can follow me at bluegrass bammer on instagram twitter or facebook see you next time and until then happy running